This Chad and Cheese Cult Brand Podcast is supported by Smashfly, recruiting technology built for the talent lifecycle, and big believers in building relationships with brands, not jobs. Let Smashfly help tell your story and keep relationships at the heart of your CRM. Hey everybody, this is Chris Neeland, uh, CEO of Cult Collective and co-founder of the Gathering of Cult Brands. Uh, really privileged today to introduce you to Douglas Atkin. Douglas has played a really powerful role in my personal life in that uh, I read his book about a decade ago, which was called The Culting of Brands, which uh, really changed the trajectory of my career, gave me the courage to devote my life, my agency to helping other brands create cult-like followings. And I've gone on to sort of study his career and the application of those cult brand principles when he led uh, all of the community initiatives at Airbnb. And uh, we were just delighted to have Douglas actually on stage at the gathering in February of 2019 to share his ideas about how every company can improve the way they think about internal engagement and external engagement if we apply the principles of community building, grassroots uh, activations, the things that create global movements and applying those to creating global companies. So he is absolutely a master of these kinds of principles. And I've been his apprentice for several years and look forward to hearing what he has to say. Hide your kids, lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, rash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Oh, yeah. All right, all right, all right. Let's talk some marketing today. Yeah, a little bit of employer branding, you know, Colt Brand. Hey, this is uh, this is this is Chad from the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Today is the introduction to something entirely new that we are calling our Colt Brand series of podcasts. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, I know, That's right? Nice. We're we're uh, we're collaborating with uh, the team over at the Gathering, the number one marketing and branding event in the world to bring our listeners closer to the people who build and nurture cult brands. So here's the big question, Joel. You and I last year was like an an impromptu thing. Uh, Ryan Gill said, you you knuckleheads need to come to Banff uh, and and, and check this out. Um, What what happened to us there that brought us to where we are today and even wanting to have these types of this cult brand series? Yeah. And I I still don't say Banff the right way either. uh, Just so you know. No, it's it's still branched to me, but anyway, this this thing is a big deal. Uh, this is the, by Forbes account. This is the number one marketing conference in the world. Uh, you're right. Somehow we got through the the cracks and ended up at the show. Um, the, the the brands there are big deals. We're talking Lakers. We're talking Yeti. We're talking Disney. We're talking like the biggest brands that, that people know. Um, I think what what really uh, struck me and and both of us was how much the brands talked about people and talent and how their employees were sort of ground zero for building purpose, building brand. But yet when we talk to them, there's a real disconnect between HR recruiting and the actual people running the business. So, so we set out to say, hey, how can we fix this? Right. Yeah. And, and the, today we're going to start the fix by bringing on Douglas Atkin, former head of global community at Airbnb. 
partner, chief community officer at meetup.com and author. If you've not read this book, you got to read the book. Author of The Culting of Brands. It is a must read. Douglas, welcome to the show, man. Welcome back. Thank you. <laughs> Live from Tuscany. I love it. I know. It's very hot here. <laughs> 40 degrees, which is about 105 <laughs> degrees in your language. Holy cow. That's ridiculous. Yeah, That's ridiculous. So, you know, after our first, after our first podcast ridiculous. together, I knew we needed to have you back. Uh, and I, I said, hey, you know, I, we'd like to have you back on the show. And you're like, well, well wait, 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 wait. I, I want to be back on, but I have some things that I have to do. And you are writing in the process now of writing a series of articles on medium.com. Tell us what those are about, because we're going to dig in deep, but give, give us kind of like an overview of what those are about. Yeah, so I gave this uh, the keynote at this um, Cult the Gathering conference in Banff, and the, the keynote was about uh, basically why you should have a purpose and more importantly, how you operationalize or execute it. And I got some really good feedback from that session. And I think people liked uh, the fact that it was maybe a little bit inspirational, but also very practical. Like we did some really practical things to make sure that we're living with the purpose at Airbnb. And so I thought, well, there seems to be a real hunger for the how, if you like. You know, how do you get a purpose? Yeah. How do you make sure it's a good one? And then how do you live it? And so I thought that, you know, you can only do so much in a, in a speech of about 45, 50 minutes. And I thought, I'm going to just give a little bit more detail and tell the story of how we did it at Airbnb. And that's what I'm in the process of doing. It'll be like 10, 10 shortish articles, five to 10 minutes each about um, how we found what Airbnb's purpose was. And then um, perhaps even more importantly, how we figured out how to operationalize it, how to live it. So... From our standpoint, for our listeners, what we're doing is, is we're doing compliments to what Douglas is doing in the article. So he's writing them down and then we're digging in a little bit deeper. So the very first article is how Airbnb found its purpose and why it's a good one. So the, that's the one we're going to start with. Uh, Joel, go ahead and, and hit it, man. Yeah, Douglas, I'm curious. When you when you walked into uh, Airbnb, they were about four years old, according to the the first article that you wrote. Yeah, and I assume that there was probably there's probably some sort of culture there. Uh, yeah. you know, four years in, and I, I think a lot of you know employers that are listening to this right now are saying, "Hey, you know, we're a ten year old company. We've been around for five years." you know, I'm going to have to sort of engage on a, on a brand perspective. Talk about how you went into a four-year-old company that already had some, some culture mm -hmm. and changed that around. Was that tough to do or what were the steps to get that done? No, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't tough. To, I mean, it was tough, but not, not impossible. And the, uh, the reason why I think is four or five years old is about the right time to figure out what your purpose is, why you exist. Because You've been in the marketplace for, for a, a decent amount of time and you've dealt with the market realities so that, you know, when you, when you put together your business plan and you're making your pitch to your investors about what it is you're going to do and why you're going to do it, quite often a few years later, it's quite different because there's all kinds of stuff that was thrown at you that you'd never expected. So three or four years in is a good time because you kind of know who you are and what you're about. But also importantly, in terms of purpose and culture and values, is that you've accumulated enough people and the interactions between those people have created, you know, the culture. The culture basically is this sort of social soup of a culmination of all the interactions between all of those people and the principles that are behind their, their, you know, how they behave, how they decide things together, 
how they relate to each other. So there's enough to go on. You're not sort of like inventing it out of thin air. There's, there's some stuff there to work on. But it's, and four years is also good because it's not too late. You can, it, it, it's, it's early enough in the organization's history to set the foundation for the rest of its life, basically. So it's, it's uh, soon enough and um, at about the right time to, to kind of commit to these big, big things, which once you commit to them, should never change. What happened with Airbnb was that um, is that uh, I had been I had a sort of weird entrance into Airbnb. I, I had I think Joe had read one of had read my book, The Culting of Brands, and and a few of my blog posts. And we met for breakfast in New York in uh, 2012, sort of September 2012. And then he invited me out to do a, um, a a fireside chat, which is where they get experts in to talk about stuff that they know about to the employees. And uh, at the time, I was really focused on community. And I'd written this book about community, which was about cults. And uh, so I talked about that. And then after that, they asked me to come back and work with them for a few weeks, uh, which I did. And when I showed up flying in from New York that night and saw Brian, the CEO co-founder again, he said, hey, you know a lot about brands. Can you help us figure out what ours is? And, uh, and I said, uh, interesting. I was totally expecting a different kind of brief, which was, hey, you know a lot about community. Can you help us figure out how to make ours better and bigger and stronger? So um, I said, let me come back to you tomorrow morning, which I did, yeah. and said, look, I think instead of figuring out what the brand is, we need to figure out uh, what Airbnb's purpose is. Because clearly you've got a very strong community here of hosts and guests and employees who are also hosts and guests. And they're incredibly committed to Airbnb. Why? What's, what, what difference does it make in their lives? You know, uh, what role does it play? If we can figure out what that is, the reason why you exist, then we can figure out everything else really easily, um, including what your brand is. But it, it's really the most important thing you need to get straight in your minds because once you've figured out your why, your purpose, your mission, whatever you want to call it, um, everything follows the, the kind of products you launch, how you design your offices, what kind of people you hire, what kind of people you don't hire, who you merge with or buy or who you don't merge with and buy. And yes, what your brand stands for, because it should really, really go back to that to that purpose. Purpose isn't something that companies are really revolving around as much as they are really profits, right? It's the other P. Yeah. But your focus was really ground the purpose in an experienced truth. So it wasn't just find a purpose and then put it on a PowerPoint slide. No, no. You really wanted to get deep into this. So can, tell us what the experienced truth is. Well, so what? So when I said all this to him, he said, okay, do that. You know, and I'm going, oh, shit. So in about three and a half weeks, with some help of some people here at, the, at Airbnb, and by the way, there were only like 150 or so people in head office at the time in San Francisco. I mean, now there's, oh, God knows, like three and a half, four thousand. So then it was like a, it was like, it really felt like a small startup. Um, I said, okay, if you want me to do this, then what I want to do first is go out and talk to those hosts and guests and employees who feel so committed and find out why. And the reason why they're committed and the reason why I want to do that is because I think all good purposes are grounded in a universally experienced truth. Meaning mm -hmm. that they're, they're grounded in something that's real. The way a lot of um, organizations find their purpose, by the way, is to take the most senior people, stash them away in some expensive offsite in Aspen or something. They study their navels and they indulge in too much wishful <laughs> thinking. And then they come back with, um, you know, something which is probably not true, but they wished it was. Yeah. Um, and, uh, 
very likely not differentiating, because here's the other benefit of finding something that's um, an experienced truth, is it's, it's true for you, it's true to you. It's, it's a truth about your service or product or whatever it is in the minds of all these people, and therefore is likely to be differentiating. I mean, if you look at the purposes or the mission statements or the vision statements of, of many, many companies, they almost seem exactly the same. It's like they've taken the same statement and put their logo on top of it. Mm -hmm. so, um, so in that uh, three and a half weeks, I and this small band of people went out uh, around the world and talked to almost 500 uh, hosts and guests and employees. And we found all, uh, all kinds of really, really interesting stuff uh, and eventually found out that what, uh, yeah, the, 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 basically the truth, the essential truths, the fundamental ones that kind of covered everything was that the Airbnb guests uh, did not want to be tourists. They thought tourism or tourist was a dirty word. They wanted to be a traveler. Mm -hmm. They wanted to be an insider. They wanted to go to a place and go to, you know, have an experience of some kind in a city like Berlin or, or, or somewhere in Bali or whatever that only the locals um, experience. They wanted to feel like a local, if you like, the world to local, wherever they went. And the guests um, mm -hmm. wanted, uh, sorry, and the hosts wanted their guests to feel that way. They wanted them to sometimes feel almost like part of the family. And so what the hosts would do was, you know, say, go to this restaurant, not that. Go to this neighborhood, not that one. These are the tourist traps. Don't go there. Take this bus. It's better than that bus. So really, really kind of um, equip them to feel like they belong or are in control in this strange place and can have this sort of inside view. So ultimately, what I came back with uh, to the founders was this idea of um, Airbnb exists to create a world where anyone can belong anywhere. You're staying in the home of a local, and they are sort of mm -hmm. weaving you into the social fabric of this place and making you feel like you've, you belong there. And wherever you go in the world, even if it's somewhere very strange and unusual, you don't speak the language, it's a very different culture, like, I don't know, for... Western Europeans or Americans going to Japan or China feels a little bit that way. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter because you know you're going to belong there because you're going to be in a host's home or stay, even stay with a host and they're going to give you the inside track. So that was the first thing that I made clear that we needed to do, which is, and did, is, is, is ground it in an experienced truth. But here's the other thing mm -hmm. that you need to be looking for when you're trying to find your purpose is, yes, ground it in a truth but make it reach for the stars. Make it seem uh, an almost impossible vision of, of, of what could be. You know, try and paint a picture of the world as it should be rather than it is now. Mm -hmm. uh, and the reason you need to do that is because the point of purposes and um, vision statements is, to, is partly to inspire people to do the impossible to make them happen. And they do. They do happen. I mean, one of the examples I like, I think of are uh, is things like marriage equality in the US. Yeah. So 10 years, I'm a gay man. Um, I've been with my partner for 30 years. And um, at 10 years ago, the, the kind of the idea of marriage equality seemed impossible, absolutely impossible. We had Bush was in power, I think, at the mm -hmm. time, or maybe it's slightly more than 10 years ago. Anyway, um, the army accepted gays and, uh, you know, the, the Don't Ask, Don't Tell was repealed. There's some court battles were won. And a lot of people, you know, started this movement and worked really, really hard. And now it's a reality. So what seems impossible is often just improbable. But you just have to work very, very hard to make it, it uh, real, to make it happen.
So you want to, yeah. and, in, and those people need to be inspired every day to get out of bed in the morning and and make the and what the seemingly impossible happen. But it can't it can't be too impossible though, right? Because if it feels like there's no way we're ever going to be able to reach it, won't they just shrug it off? Uh, isn't there like a risk of that? Yes, there is a risk of that. I mean, and in a way, you might say creating a world where anyone can belong anywhere is one of those, perhaps. You know, it seems, well, that seems crazy. Yeah. But then if you can look at the organization and see what it has been doing and, and get some confidence, well, you know, they're, they're, they're creative, they're disruptive, they, they, you know, change economies, change human behavior, like we did, basically, to get people to trust strangers to the point that they, they're invited into their homes. So then you begin to think, well, maybe it's not as mm-hmm. crazily impossible as it seems maybe we can and even if we even if we make it happen a bit the world is better off than it was before you know what i mean even if um if, if we right. if we have 50 percent successful over say 10 20 30 years the world's going to be a lot nicer place than it is now so it's still worth going for get back to Douglas in a minute. But first, I had a quick question for Chris Nealon about the gathering of cult brands. Okay, Chris, so what is the gathering of cult brands? So the gathering is this annual coming together of what we call enlightened brand leaders. Those brand leaders can be business owners, marketing leaders, HR professionals, really anybody who assumes some stewardship over how their business is perceived and how it goes to market and how it executes. Uh, And we gather together for three days in the secluded 200-year-old castle nestled into the Canadian Rockies in the dead of winter. It's awesome. We're sort of sequestered there to both uh, be educated, uh, to learn things about what audience engagement and employee engagement looks like in the 21st century, as well as to celebrate. It's also a bit of a chance to honor uh, sort of lifetime achievement awards, if you will, for brand leaders that have built uh, these iconic businesses that, frankly, most people don't talk enough about, uh, either in the advertising or in the HR communities. So we like to shine a spotlight on them. You can register for the Gathering of Cult Brands event at cultgathering.com. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Do you believe any size organization can be on this track of finding purpose? I mean, if if I'm a you know a regional, a small software company, say in Chicago, no, I don't see why not. Absolutely. Well, I mean, at the time, remember when we were doing this, Airbnb was not well known. It was not a household name, and there was only 150 of us. We felt mm-hmm. like that little regional office you're talking about. So, um, <laughs> so I don't see why not. I mean, you you have to measure the the will of the founders or the leaders in the company and the rest of the people in the company to, to do it, you know? The, uh, that's, and that's one of the first thing, the first three people I right. I kind of did a workshop with and interviewed on this 
on this journey was the three founders. And we didn't go on an expensive offsite to Aspen. We went to a guest home, had uh, takeout Chinese food, and I kind of grilled them for a couple of hours. <laughs> were any of the employees part of your, uh, you know, Q&A? Were you, what, yeah. what was some of the, the feedback from the employees that you got oh, in, ter- in terms of the purpose? Was it the same as the people opening up their homes to, to visitors? Talk about that. Yes. Well, we found a lot of stuff, you know, when you're asking about the role of Airbnb. So, for example, one of the, the things uh, that was very clear is that many hosts um, found it a transformative experience um, in many, many different ways, including, you know, going from someone who used to work for the man to being an entrepreneur, a mini entrepreneur, and mm-hmm. having their own business effectively. And they found that a transformative experience. But that didn't really relate to the guest experience. And so you had to find something which is relatable to, to the, you know, the, the, the kind of the main stakeholders. And, and for us, that is the host, the guests, and the employees being the main stakeholders. Right. So um, at the time, now we've grown the stakeholders to cities and communities and everything else. But that was, uh, that was it at the time. And uh, yes, yeah, so you have to find something that is uh, common to them all. And this idea of creating a world where anyone can belong anywhere was it. And actually, it was, we knew it was right because... Almost a year later, uh, we, uh, Brian and Joe, Brian, Joe, and Nate are the three founders. Uh, Brian is the CEO. So Brian and, and I worked mostly with Brian and Joe over those years. Uh-huh. Uh, Brian and Joe and I went to New York to talk about the new, um, the new logo that had been uh, developed. And the new logo or symbol, as we want to call it, uh-huh. it was, was the first thing that we used the purpose to define. I don't know if you remember, but we had a, we had a, a sort of a, a very humdrum logo before. It was in blue and white, and it says lowercase Airbnb. Uh-huh. So they wanted something that was going to be more like Apple or Nike that could be recognized without any words next to it. You know, they wanted a symbol um, that would stand alone. Uh, the, the important thing about a symbol is it has meaning attached. It's not just a graphic design. It's, it's a graphic design with meaning attached, you know, like the Dove of Peace or, or um, the Red Cross or whatever. So um, the meaning that they attached to it and briefed the design company with was this um, purpose of creating a world where anyone can belong anywhere. And they came up with this, um, the new logo that has been around for the past five years or so, what I call our equal opportunity genitalia logo. <laughs> There's something in there for everyone. You got um, a lot of heat for that lo- that logo. There were a lot of there was a lot of criticism around that. I know. I don't, that, even in the press, it, but there were no, a lot of fun around it. Actually, there was even the Guardian said, "Is it balls vagina or both?" <laughs> <laughs> in a headline. <laughs> I know. So anyway, um, uh, before we launched the logo and before we announced our purpose of creating a world where anyone can belong anywhere, uh, Brian, Joe, and I went one April in, um, in one weekend in April in, uh, let me see, this would have been 2014, to New York and spoke to um, some hosts and guests in a loft in New York that we gathered together there. Mm-hmm. And Brian and Joe took them through the kind of the development of this new symbol, which we called the Balo, the Balo, which is sort of short for belonging. Uh-huh. And, uh, and then showed the logo and talked, and I and they talked about this whole idea of creating a world where anyone can belong anywhere. And there were tears in the eyes of, of these hosts and guests because they said, there's one guy I remember in particular called David, who was a photographer and a Airbnb host in Brooklyn. And he said, oh, I've, I've kind of always, I kind of knew that was what I was doing this for, but you've said it exactly right. And it's, it's even better because I now I feel I'm part of something bigger than just myself. And guests said a similar kind of thing like, yes, that's exactly it. We don't want to be tourists. We want to feel like we can belong wherever we go. 
that we're, we're the insiders, you know, we're locals. And so, and actually that night we got, uh, Brian Jones and I went to several dodgy bars and clubs, got quite <laughs> drunk. And uh, I remember Brian looking me in the eye at, at one point saying, this is the most important day in the history of the company. Or, you know, all of its four years, five years by then maybe. Because, you know, we had, we, we had figured out what our purpose was and it was resonating with the people you know, that mattered most, which was the host and the guests and the employees who we'd served to before. But there's a couple of other things that I want to talk about that um, in terms of what makes a good purpose. So I've, I just covered, number one is grounded in experience truth. Number two is uh, make it reach for the stars, make it inspirational and aspirational. Number three is it should be about one, just one, a very big thing. Yeah. And the reason why it needs to be about one thing is that the purpose is like the rudder that guides the ship. You know, it defines where you're going and what you're doing, basically. And so it's a guardrail. It, you know, you need to, it, it's a brief, if you like. It's a template. It's the thing that says, do this, don't do that. And, uh, but it needs to be big so that for the next 100 years or 200 years or as however as long as your organization exists, mm-hmm. you'll never run out of runway of, thing, of products to launch, services to have, you know, things to do that, that execute your purpose. And so that's the third most important thing. And, and, and a good example of, of this is the, so the first thing we used for the purpose was to design the logo. Uh, one of the next things was um, to launch Airbnb's second big product. The first being, you know, staying in people's homes. Mm-hmm. The second one is, is hosted experience by locals. So we launched experiences a few years ago where you don't have to stay in an Airbnb if you don't want to, but you can certainly sign up to have to learn kayaking or go surfing with a local host who can teach you how to do that or give you an insider's guide around Rome or Paris or whatever it is. And so that, and that, that basically extended our purpose to an even greater you know, audience of people, making you feel like you um, can belong anywhere because you are getting a local's point of view about something they were passionate about sharing it with you um, and so that extended the purpose to all these other people so yeah. i mean that's and the purpose is one of the most important purposes of a purpose is to define your product roadmap basically it's to define what products um, and services you're going to be launching so that's the third one one big thing the fourth is is, is i just modified this one actually from the speech i gave in Banff <laughs> because i thought it was obvious to begin with but then of course it's not the fourth most important thing is it has to be memorable it has to be memorable. And the reason why is extremely simple. And that is that every single person in your organization needs to know what the purpose is. It needs to be almost sort of tattooed on their forehead. It needs, and that's, so that's everyone from the person on reception to the truck driver, the cleaner, and the chairman and the leadership team. You know, from top to bottom, everyone should know what the purpose is. Because otherwise, your organization won't deliver it unless it's like being collectively driven by everyone in your organization to deliver it. And so, therefore, it has to be memorable. And so, belong anywhere, which is what we call it for short, or, you know, any, creating a world where anyone can belong anywhere, is memorable is short, is one sentence, is sort of one, one idea, basically. And, and it definitely works in those ways. I, I got a kick out of wherever I went around the world to Airbnb offices or to meet hosts. Everyone knew that that was the purpose. It was belong anywhere. You'd see, you know, signs. It would be scrawled up on whiteboards. It would be in presentations. It would be uh, in whatever. So the host loved it because it defined, I mean, it gave them a role even greater than the one they thought they were having, which is, and, and it's a true role, which is, um, you know, complete strangers, you're welcoming complete strangers into your home. In the process of doing that, you're bringing down, 
barriers of, of, you know, geography, language, class, gender, sexuality, all of these things to make someone feel like they belong in your home. And it's, and so they love this idea of creating a world where anyone can belong anywhere. In fact, now, over the past few years, you can't sign up to be a host or a guest unless you sign a pledge that says you are signed up to this mission of creating a world where anyone can belong anywhere. And that also means that you can't refuse people based on gender, race, class, all those kinds of things too. So those are the four, four, key, four um, sort of key ingredients that I think make a very good purpose. And uh, fortunately, I think our purpose at Airbnb um, f- has them all. Brilliant. The, I think the best part about this is this is just the first conversation we're going to have with you, <laughs> Douglas. Uh, the the follow up. Lucky Douglas. To we're going to do the steps on you know the next one's going to be the purpose must comes must come first and we're going to have a podcast specifically around that and then step number two. So this is really a how to guide on focusing on purpose brand and how Airbnb became a cult brand. So thanks again, Douglas, for joining us. And I'm looking forward to having you back. Well, pretty much going further down this purpose rabbit hole. Thanks so much. Thank you. We out. We out. We out. This has been the Chat and Cheese Podcast. Subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single show. And be sure to check out our sponsors because they make it all possible. For more, visit chadcheese.com. Oh yeah, you're welcome. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.